0: Welcome back to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. As we approach the 32nd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, it's important to highlight the health disparities that still exist for people with disabilities. Persons with paralysis and limited mobility encounter numerous barriers at doctors' offices, hospitals, and medical facilities across the country. Regina Bly, Chief Program and Policy Officer of the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation, has experienced these disparities firsthand after sustaining a spinal cord injury at the age of 10. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today. Regina. Gina, if you would start by telling us, what is the mission of the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation? Sure. Our mission
1: is that we're dedicated to curing spinal cord injury by advancing innovative research and improving quality of lives for individuals and families impacted by paralysis. And simply, that's kind of modified down to today's care and tomorrow's
0: July 26th is the 32nd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. How far have we come and how far do we still need to go to provide equal access to health care for people with paralysis and limited mobility?
1: When it comes to the Americans with Disabilities Act, I think we've come a long way. We've seen great improvement in many areas of the different titles and sections of the Americans with Disabilities Act. We have greater access and, and employment options for people that are engaged In that area. And there's also an advancement when it comes to healthcare, but we've, again, only scratched the surface. And what we need to do as far as improvement is actually recognizing the medical diagnostic equipment standards that the United States Access Board implemented back in 2017 and make sure that there's accountability that's tied to them whenever medical providers are adhering to high uh, table adjustments, as well as making sure that there's enough room for individuals with disabilities navigating the floor space in an exam room.
0: And tell us about this medical diagnostic equipment. Why is it crucial for access to health care for all?
1: Well, it's very crucial. And I'd just like to point out some findings from our partners, the National Council on Disabilities, where it indicates that more than 20 million people over the age of 18 have a disability and it limits their functions and barriers to MDE. And so what we've recognized is that there are people that just won't go to the doctor because they know that it's not accessible. And if it is available and accessible, medical care physicians just don't know how to utilize it. So they still end up being injured whenever they are visiting the doctor or they're not treated with respect during those doctor's visits. So. We've known that if you address an an issue ahead of time, it won't be fatal. And so more than likely people with disabilities end up suffering from diseases that they could have prevented or it could be fatal just because they didn't get diagnosed in time.
0: I'm speaking with Regina Bly, Chief Program and Policy Officer for the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. What kind of barriers do people with paralysis and limited mobility face when they go to the doctor's office or hospital?
1: The one barrier that I would like to point out is just the height of the examination tables. They're too high for those who are in push wheelchairs or even in motorized wheelchairs where they don't adjust low enough for people to easily transfer by themselves. Therefore, they'll need an assistant to help them get onto the table. Medical facilities are supposed to assist these individuals, but at times they're not aware of that role. And so they request that the person bring someone with them. Well, that is a burden and a barrier for an individual if they don't have a family member or friend that can visit them during a sensitive time To transfer them over to the table. And so we've also heard about doctors not having wheelchair scales or scales that accommodate people with mobility devices. And so they're not able to properly weigh themselves to understand where they're at when it comes to trying to prevent any heart disease or high blood pressure or anything that could make it difficult for anyone to have a successful life.
0: What kind of impact does that have on the paralysis community?
1: Well, it has a significant impact because you, one, have paralysis, so you're dealing with that main diagnosis, and so then you're having underlining conditions that might end up taking priority when it comes to heart disease, diabetes, also with other complications that could exist because you weren't able to address all of those medical issues ahead of time. Breast cancer, all kinds of things can develop just because you didn't have access to the appropriate care at the right time.
0: Regina, you've experienced these disparities firsthand after sustaining a spinal cord injury when you were 10. Can you tell us about your story and experiences?
1: Yes, I've had several encounters and some of them I've mentioned even when I went to get a mammogram, it was difficult for me to use the machine. And I am fortunate enough to wear my wheelchair raises up high. So it helped to alleviate some of the issues with the nurse trying to help me with getting the images that she needed. But it took an extended amount of time and they had to do a biopsy because the images weren't clean. And that's an example of you not having access to machinery that could make it easier and not have an extensive amount of time devoted to trying to get the images that you needed. But then also, I had additional charges on my insurance because I had to have additional procedures because the images didn't come out clear. So I had to spend time disputing some of these charges that were on my insurance because they ended up being not necessary. And so I had to work with my insurance provider to explain why the doctor did these extra examinations and biopsies. I've also had issues when it comes to using a scale for someone that is in a wheelchair. And so I have acknowledged that I have extra pounds. And so I have been trying to figure out ways that I can lose weight. And so the doctor indicated to me that She needed to know my exact weight so that she could figure out what type of medicine to prescribe and and the, the nutrition that I needed to work with, nutritionist. But the problem is, is that I didn't have a skill there to use. So she just told me to guess. Well, how can you provide the type of recommendations if you truly don't know what my starting weight is? So I don't want to have my medical care be based on me making some sort of guess on what I think that I weigh. And those are things that could end up meaning that I could have underlying conditions that could have been prevented, but it starts with just understanding how much you weigh and understanding your body in general so that you can make good informed decisions.
0: Throughout this interview, we've been using the phrase people with disabilities instead of disabled people. Can you discuss a little bit about the difference between those two phrases?
1: Sure. It is a a way of thinking, and I, I think that it is. An interesting topic to bring up because for the longest time, for years, people were using the pupil first language and making sure that the person was identified before discussing the fact that they had a disability. But we have a new movement and we have these young people who have decided that they are proud of their disability and they want disability to be first. Mm -hmm. So they recommend that everyone shift to having disability first language by being proud of saying disabled, by being proud of recognizing that you have a disability and that you shouldn't be judged different by having one. So I don't have a problem with either term, and I'm fine with anyone using the term for me personally. Either way, it is just, a, the, it's just the intent behind it whenever you're using person with a disability versus disabled.
0: I've been speaking with Regina Bly, Chief Program and Policy Officer of the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. Tell us, where can someone go to get more information?
1: Sure, they can go to our website, and that is ChristopherReeve.org, and they will have the opportunity to email so they can get in touch with our information specialist, or they can give us a call as well, and reach out to someone personally to be able to talk to someone if they are newly injured and have paralysis, or if they have uh, been dealing with paralysis for many years, we're there to be able to help guide them wherever they're at in their journey.
0: Thank you so much for talking with us today. And thank you for making the world a, uh, a better community for all. Thank you. And I'm just so glad that
1: you're giving us this opportunity to amplify these areas.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.